me again um recording a new episode i guess i took a long creative break lol but hey i'm is back and in today's episode i'm diving deep by sharing my love and hatred for valentine's day this episode named welcome to heartbreak is my reflection one year later post breakup my stages of grief breaking my own heart and listening to my body I know that I don't go through this shit alone, which is why I hope my story is relatable to the individual stories that sometimes go unsaid. Happy Valentine's Day, and make sure to be your own Valentine today. Enjoy this episode. Eight oh eights and Heartbreak, oh my gosh, it was a whole album. I, I wonder why I loved that album so much. today's episode is obviously named welcome to heartbreak so there's that as a sometimes oppressive holiday comes up also known as valentine's day i am sitting back to reflect on where i was around this time last year a year ago almost to the day i was coming out of a two-year relationship my first boyfriend right i know The only thing I had to do was be around more black people to be seen, but that is a conversation for another day. So let me give you some context as to how I met my first boyfriend. It was leap year. We met at a bar in Brooklyn, Ode to Babel to be specific, which if you know, you know. It's grown, it's sexy, and a good night with drinks and the music are elite. I was new to Brooklyn and felt like a night out would be a good way of getting well acquainted with the neighborhood. Anyways, there was this damn man that kept pacing the bar and literally walking in front of me every single time. I noticed, but I wasn't too pressed. He was fine. Nice set of shoulders, had all his teeth, smelled good, chocolate, whatever. But later I had to go to the restroom and I was at the end of the line, minding my own business as you would in lines. And all of a sudden, I felt like I could feel someone staring at me. Honestly, the sense of feeling stared at feels like there's a fly on you. I don't think that makes sense, but you just be knowing when someone's staring at you. I looked up slowly, and the same man that had passed me like 300 times was staring dead at me. Mind you, he was at the front of the line and was not following social cues of facing your front. Now, that should have been the first red flag. I did the whole look behind me to confirm that he was not looking at me. Girl, I looked behind me and I was wrong. He was in fact looking at me. He later went to the restroom and I was panicking inside because I knew that this man had to pass me to get back by the bar. So what did I do? Like every millennial would, I stared at my phone. Just when I thought he'd passed, I looked up and on his way back, he slithered by me and at this point, We met eyes, and it was a staring contest. It felt like five minutes had passed, but I'm dramatic. It was easily two seconds. Fast forward, he later came over and introduced himself and said he had never seen me before. I explained that I'm from Minnesota, and he mocked the Minnesota accent with the classic, don't you know? And asked if I ever watched Bob's Burger, which I hadn't heard of it, but never watched it. Romantic, right? We ended up exchanging numbers, and he asked me out on a date later on. 
So fast forward, we later became one of those pandemic couples because shortly after meeting, the pandemic rolled in. And it was fun. We laughed a lot. Life is too hard. And if you can't find someone to laugh with, it makes life so much harder. The simple things brought us so much joy. Ordering pizza and watching movies, going on trips, and making fun of each other. I felt like he was a guy that I could truly be myself around, which is so cheesy. But I was myself. Coffee, sandwiches, farts, and all. It was all good until it was all not. Parts of the relationship felt lonely, which didn't make sense to me. How can you be in a relationship and still feel like you're in a relationship with yourself? As we progressed through our relationship, my trauma and triggers entered the relationship as well. I was triggered by things I saw in my relationship that reminded me of my parents. And there were things from their relationship I did not want to repeat. I was silenced a lot. We didn't know how to communicate in conflict. I was always ready to meet conflict head on with questions like, what's wrong? Did I do anything? Are you mad at me? How can I help you in this moment? And he always responded with, I'm good, when he clearly was not. Or when he wasn't good, he isolated himself. So I wouldn't hear from him for days at a time. Because we never dealt or worked through our conflict, there was a lot of silencing for days and weeks at a time. I found that I was anxious. I wasn't hungry. I ran a lot. I worked out a lot. And I was always trying to keep myself busy. It felt like the relationship was taking a toll on my body. I'm naturally anxious, if that's a saying. But being in a relationship heightened my anxiety like crazy. I I felt crazy and paranoid a lot. I was the type of person that had very catastrophic thoughts. One thing your girl was good for, a solid mental spiral. I was like, is he cheating? Has this whole relationship been a lie? Am I in a relationship? I was so dramatic, but I didn't feel secure or affirmed in our relationship. By the way, have y'all read the book Attached? Because if not, I definitely recommend it. I realized my attachment style is actually anxious avoidant which made a lot of sense. And whenever issues arrived at our door, I was either ready to face it or I would avoid problems like the plague. I wouldn't say anything, just to keep the peace. But there wasn't one piece of advice anyone could give me to work through what I was feeling in my relationship. So off to therapy, I went. Therapy for me was a safe place to be ignorant and naive of the fact that I didn't know how to be a girlfriend and I needed to learn what I needed from my relationship. I was never taught any of this at home. My mom would always say, Amma, just find someone that makes you happy and has their own money. But after two years in this relationship, in therapy, I had to choose myself and leave our relationship. I broke my own heart so many times in my relationship, trying to stick around for when times would be fun and easy all over again. But the anticipation for good to come was often met with anger, silence, and pain. It was February 2022, and I was going on the second year of having an alleged Valentine. Not me finding one of these hoteps who tried to tell me that Valentine's Day was a corporate holiday that he didn't acknowledge or celebrate because it was dumb. The first year, I played it cool when he said that. But that second Valentine's Day 
was rolling around and I did not want to be disappointed. I knew I wasn't going to have a Valentine's Day that I truly wanted and dreamed of. And I couldn't convince this man to do it just for me. I was like, there has got to be more for me somewhere else. Some Reese's peanut butter cups, brunch, a heart-shaped pizza, a flower or two, anything. Hell, I'll even take some sweet tarts. I wanted something different for my Valentine's Day. I was thinking back to elementary school when we had to create the little Valentine's Day boxes that we spent so much time decorating with the construction paper, the glue, and so much glitter, Lord. And we would write Valentine's Day cards and pass them out to our class and friends. Or even in middle school and high school, you could buy carnations from student council and they would drop them off during study hall. And sometimes it would either be an admirer or it was just your friend who would get one for you. I never received a carnation. Never had a secret admirer. At least they didn't tell me. I never had a valentine. And it may be a small holiday for some, but when you don't feel celebrated in your relationship or your inner child still has a broken heart from never being someone's valentine, it can leave some heaviness on your heart. Call comparison, sure. But when a holiday comes around centered around a white cupid, love and roses, and your relationship hasn't, hasn't celebrated your love or you, I think it's time to go. So I was done. I wanted to reimagine a love for myself. And I knew that there was more for me out there to cater to the little Geraldine's love that she's always imagined. One that would always celebrate, would create space for me to make mistakes without resentment. And one that truly felt love in its purest form. I broke up with him over email. Professional, right? If anything, it clearly explains that communication was a huge issue and a lack thereof. But it was honestly the only thing this man ever paid attention to was his email notifications. A text or a call he would easily ignore. But a possible email from his bank? A new online order? Oh, he was right there. My email was simple. I shared that I wasn't happy anymore and I'm going to go get my happiness back in one sentence. <sighs> Did your girl spiral? I truly thought the world was going to end and that I might die through the grieving process. And no one truly says that. I did not think that I was going to make it through the grieving process. I thought, I honestly felt like a widow in this relationship. There was, there was no way I thought I could come through this. I thought I had experienced pain before, but this was to a completely different degree. Because once the breakup was official, I went through five stages of grief. Stage one, every teardrop is a waterfall. That's for my cold plate peers because I cried every second, every minute, before and after Zoom calls, while working out. In my sleep, I just cried for a solid month. Someone could just ask me, how are you? Or mention his name and I would fall out. I thought that healing meant I would be able to talk about my breakup without crying. Or I 
can begin talking about my breakup once I was done crying. And now, there are moments where my voice may crack, times where I'll shed a tear or two, and times where I feel completely regulated. Either way, your girl had to cry it out. I do advise getting eye drops, though, because your eyes will be dry eventually. Stage two, rage. I was ready to cuss this man out, his friends, kids, anyone associated with him on sight. There was so much anger and frustration that I left unsaid in the relationship just to be the bigger person and oftentimes just to keep the peace. I didn't understand why he didn't fight for me. I was hoping for the dramatics of like, no, please don't go. I need you. None of that. Did he know all along? I would be running on the treadmill and my mind would wander to a place where I imagine running into him post-breakup and causing a fight and just like busted out swinging for whatever reason. I was upset with him for fumbling me because I'm a whole prize and I just didn't understand why he couldn't see that. You dumb? Like I, but I realized when people have not had good things happen for them or are not used to having someone who truly cares for them, we don't know how to keep it. Self-sabotage is real. It was truly a dark time. Respectfully, stage two was terrible. Stage three, despair. Will I ever find love again? Was I just another pandemic couple like the New York Times said? I ain't got another year in me to be someone's girlfriend. It's a wrap for these streets. I would go back and forth on whether I believe I would ever fall in love again. Then we hit stage four, acceptance. I've accepted that this was one of the many best decisions I made in my life. I truly accepted that you can't build a man like you can build a bear at the mall. Potential will not get you far in any relationship. Recognizing that there is grief, trauma, and triggers that I needed to acknowledge and work out through therapy and on my own was necessary for me to be open to being in a relationship again. Also, it is important to be with someone who is empathetic, willing to grow, and willing to do the work of unpacking their own trauma and triggers and how it impacts their relationships. He wasn't open or interested in going into therapy either. Because of his age, he thought that he had a good understanding of who he was and what he wants. And I just had to accept him for who he was and where he was going to stay. After we broke up, I thought maybe we would get back together in a year or two. He was older, so I thought maybe we met and dated at the wrong time in life, and maybe he needed more time to mature. The man was approaching 40 years old, but there was still some growing up to do. He's Haitian, so he also looked like he was 30. Over time, I accepted the fact that even at his peak, I don't know if I would want to be with him. Nor could I imagine me being with him again. And that, my friends, is the healing work. Stage five, compassion. 
I owe myself so much compassion for going through and coming out of that relationship. I owe myself compassion and grace for making good and challenging decisions for myself. I owe and show myself compassion for simply trying. And I did my best in the relationship within the capacity I had. I only named five stages, but there are easily a hundred stages. Because just when you think you're over something, you're reminded about a person you once prioritized in your life. A smell, a snack, TV shows, music. All these feelings will never disappear. And I'm so grateful that I went through this heartbreak. Because breaking my own heart was the best thing I could do to begin the journey of being in a relationship that would fulfill the seven-year-old buck-teeth Geraldine of her dreams and prepare myself for a relationship that I will feel healthy, safe, and secure in myself and my worth. I learned that your body truly responds to people and their energy. When things were not good, I could feel it physically. I was in focus, I wasn't hungry, and my stomach always felt like it was permanently dropping to my toes. I now know that it was my body telling me to close this chapter of my life. I realized that every day that I stayed in this relationship that I was breaking my own heart and cheating myself from the love I wanted and deserved. I was concerned about never falling in love again, so I held on to my relationship with the tightest grip. The next time you just don't feel right when you're around someone, romantic or not, listen to your body. Do a self-assessment. I truly believe that it is your intuition speaking to you. I ignored my own many times, thinking it was because I ate some cheese or my stomach was acting up. Whole time, I was wasting my time in friendships and relationships that did not nourish me. So for me, I have to continue healing and learning more about what I want and need out of relationships. Continually showing myself the love and experiences that I want and deserve. What am I looking for in my next relationship? My best friend who is empathetic, kind, reflective, thoughtful, bold, and will add color to anyone he interacts with. I'm also not talking to any man that is nonchalant. I'm I'm nonchalant, I'm not romantic, blah, blah, blah. That shit, I, it, don't come around me no more. That applicant pool is closed eternally. I wanna feel like confetti and bottles of champagne are, are being popped because I exist. That's the type of feeling and celebration that I want and that I hope people feel when I'm in their presence. Like, I hope I do the same for you. 
So if you know a guy who loves coffee, can talk about sandwiches for two hours, and enjoys hot sauces of all shapes and sizes, holla at me.